Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Steely Dan, welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. What would you like a reading about today? I would like to know why as soon as I turned 54 my life seemed to be basically on steroids. Everything got speeded up. Work, family, everything just got, went into motion. And what year did you turn 54? This year. So 2023? Yes. So it's interesting because I'm seeing astrologically Mm -hmm. that in July of 2022 is when things started to speed up before that 54th birthday. Well, I think they started. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Okay. Okay, good. When I'm right, I'm happy. I mean, I'm sorry, but also I'm happy. So we're going to talk about all the things. We're going to talk about all the things. But first, I want to share that you were born April 23rd, 1969 at 1 p.m. in Leicester, UK. Leicester, United Kingdom. Yes. So, and I should say that there is a real Steely Dan out there and you are not it, but we're still going with Steely Dan. Yeah. That's my white boy. That's my white boy name. I respect it so much. It's, I mean, if you're going to choose one, that was a good one to choose in its way. Right. Okay. So I actually have the answer and Mm -hmm. I I could give you like a, a, like a 30 second long answer and then we could be done or we could really unpack it. We're going to go for option number two. Don't worry. But the thing that started in July of 2022 and will be completely over on March 16th of 2024, so you got some time left, is a series of Uranus transits. Okay. Okay, that's one of the things. Now, something else happens. Oh, my goodness. In April of 2023, so the month of your birthday, right? Um, You entered into another transit, and this one is called Neptune opposite Jupiter, and you will be going through it from April 2023 until February 2025. Let me tell you, they all have pros and cons. They have opportunities and things you need to be very careful around. So we're going to kind of go with all that. But in the mix of all of this, you are also going through a Pluto square to your Saturn. And the Pluto square to Saturn is massively consequential as well. So we've got a lot going on. You have this trio of Uranus transits. And what Uranus governs in astrology is freedom and autonomy. It's ironically both associated with community and individuality. It can be experienced in a way where your independence and autonomy becomes really important and also in a way where aligning yourself with groups that are aligned with your vision for what you want to build into the future, it all happens with Uranus, right? Yep. So Uranus is squaring your ascendant and conjoining your Mercury, both at almost 19 degrees. They're in the 18 to 19 degree range, okay? And what this means is that you are going through a period that is 
challenging you to really change how you show up with others and what you require from others, what you give to others, this transit or both of these transits rather can bring you people in your life where you're like, oh my God, it's so exciting. What is happening? It's exciting. It's upsetting. It's either it's both. And they come in really quick and they teach you something about yourself or the world and then poof, they're gone. Does that make sense? Complete sense. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's like- No, I mean, complete sense. Yeah. And it's happened with multiple people already, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing that's that Uranus governs is kind of that feeling that you have in youth where everything is possible and exciting and also makes you want to collapse because it's so much. Okay. Yeah. And so the thing about when you're young is you've only had so many experiences. But when you're a grown-up adult and you go through Uranus transits as you are, it's Mm -hmm. both exciting but also a lot more exhausting because Uranus governs the nervous system and Mercury is related to your mind and the ascendant is related to your body. And so this transit has likely stimulated your own nervous or cardiovascular system. Have you noticed either or both of those things? In a negative or a positive? Like, what? explain, say more. It can be both. It mm-hmm. can be either. It really, it, it depends on a variety of factors. Okay. Uranus can stress the nervous system and that can make you feel really anxious. It can, especially if you're predisposed to it, can kind of like spike like attention deficit issues. It can just make you feel nervy. The other thing that can happen mm-hmm. is it can start to do those things. And then you're like, oh, I have to take care of my mental health. Oh, I have to keep, oh, take care yeah. of my nervous system. So yeah. again, it inspires change. Well, so the latter. Okay, great. So it's not positive or negative. It it is. Now, the other part is at a certain point in our human uh, development in the meat suit that we call body. What happens is we go through transits and they stimulate the whole system. But because we're older and our physical body has just gone through more, if there's a predisposition towards cardiovascular stuff, Uranus can sometimes be really stressful to pre-existing cardiovascular issues. And so it would only be stressful to the, your cardiovascular system if that was an issue for you already. It's not. Great. Wonderful. Beautiful. And may it always be so, knocking on wood. The reason why these transits occur is so that you change your mind. It's so that you change your relationships, how you relate to others, what you consider to be important, and you have new experiences, again, with yourself and in relationship with others. Because you have Mercury at the top of the chart, it's in your 10th house, it's not at the very top of your chart, but it's in the 10th house, this will impact your professional relationships and your professional path. Mm -hmm. But because it's involving Mercury, because it's also your ascendant, it's also your personal life. And because you have a bunch of stuff in your 10th house, your personal relationships and your professional relationships are likely to often overlap. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I would say in the past, not very recently. They no longer overlap, no. So those relationships have started to break off? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Uranus. Uranus creates change. Okay. So the other Uranus transit is that you have Uranus forming a lovely sextile to your moon. And what this means is that while you've been going through these two transits that can be very upsetting for people, especially, I don't want to point fingers, you're a Taurus, not the quickest to change in the Zodiac. But this Uranus sextile to your moon has been super supportive, making it feel emotionally and spiritually, because you've got that moon in Cancer in the 12th house, emotionally and spiritually like, oh, this is an opportunity. It's not a crisis. It's like a crux. It's like, oh, I get to shift. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Totally. 
You got very lucky here. In a a way that I haven't as a Taurus. Yep, that's right. Because this is a special moment. This is a once in a lifetime experience that you're going through. And you could go through these other two transits and not the Uranus sextile to the moon. And it would feel fucking different, like super different. The Uranus sextile to the moon supports us in making changes in integrating shifts. It helps us to become more emotionally and in your case, spiritually adaptable which is really important because you're going through these interpersonal and identity shifts Mm -hmm. that require you to process emotionally. Because if you weren't processing emotionally through all this stuff, it would be significantly harder. Right. But I am. But you are. Here's the rub. You were also, as of your birthday month, as of April 2023, going through a Neptune opposition to Jupiter. Now, this is a transit to watch out for. The reason why is because, okay, so there's like a couple things I'll say. First of all, you were born in 69. You are part of the generation that has the Pluto, Uranus, Jupiter in Virgo stuff. Now your Uranus is in Libra, but you're like part of this generation that has Pluto, Jupiter in Virgo. This particular natal aspect gives you a really profound drive to heal, but to heal big, to grow, but to grow it all at once. Are you clutching your pearls? I'm clutching my pearls because that, I mean, you're, you're on point, like on point. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing. Because this conjunction for you is in Virgo, you're usually like, okay, but I'm going to focus on the details. I'm going to actually discern all the details. I'm going to be really cautious and I'm going to be discerning, right? Or judgy, whatever comes up first, but it creates a meticulousness. What you're going through now is... A once in a lifetime, not everybody goes through it, transit called Neptune opposite Jupiter. It started April 23. It ends February 25. Now, what this transit does is it spikes your idealism. It takes that part of you that's like, I could make magic if only I found the right fairy to rub my nose against. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. (laughs) Okay, but we're just getting started. Um, (laughs) So it takes that part of you that's like super can get a little fantastical and it puts it on a cloud. Okay, Uh here's the risk of this transit. It can make you feel invincible and like the opportunities in front of you, the relationships in front of you are so ideal and so perfect and so meant to be that nothing could possibly go wrong. It was kissed by God. And the risky thing about this is that's not what the transit means. It means you feel that way. It doesn't promise you that. This is a transit. Whenever I see somebody going through it, I say, be careful about cults. Mm -hmm. Be careful about getting involved in religious or ideological off-grid kind of groups. Not I. Okay, great. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's not me at all. Beautiful. Now, I would be more concerned about this if you weren't going through another transit, which I will talk about in a minute. But I want to say this transit... It lasts two years, and it can be a time where if you stay extremely grounded, you can make progress spiritually in meaningful ways. But it requires keeping it very earth-based, if you can, avoiding drugs associated with spiritual development, because Neptune and Jupiter and Pluto together is not a pretty picture. It is a time where you can cultivate a vision for your future or a collective future that is truly inspired, maybe not the most pragmatic. So this is great for like imaginationing. This is great for visioning. 
this is not a super pragmatic transit, okay? But if you're going to sign contracts, if you're going to sign up with people, which it looks like you likely are considering or will consider at -hmm. some point, it's going to be really important that you are super litigious, super pragmatic. If you think you only need to sit on it for a day, sit on it for five. If you need to sit on it for a month, sit on it for three. Like, just give it a little extra, okay? Now, the thing that can happen under this influence is that your spiritual experiences become so heartfelt and deep that Mm -hmm. you take them at face value. And that is not a thing I recommend doing under this transit. Mm -hmm. So this means understanding that while spirit... And you are a spiritual person, yeah? Yes. Okay. That while spirit and our spiritual connections and experiences are hugely important and meaningful, there's what happens on the 3D, there's what happens in the material, and it is some things need to be dealt with on the material because they're material. Mm -hmm. And the Neptune-Jupiter opposition is like, yeah, 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 that's fine, but my guidance says X. Yeah, 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 that's fine. But my gut says why. And so you want to be really pragmatic because because it's important. And I'll add to that, especially with your ducats. I'm talking about your dollars Mm -hmm. because this you have Jupiter in the second house. And that means you're transiting Neptune's in the eighth. So that means that there is a risk that you put your money into somebody else's vision and you lose your money that way. Okay, great. It's on all the cards. Beautiful. Great. There's one other transit I can tell you about, but I want to first stop and just say, you know, you mentioned work, relationships, family. Mm -hmm. You tell me what situations or dynamics come up for you around this. What do you want to ask me about? (sighs) There's part of me that wants to always ask about romance, Mm -hmm. but I'm in a place where I'm deeply grounded around that. I've, I've had an experience that came really hard and fast, and I feel like my ancestors were like, you know, they were just like, not today, Satan. And then whoop, this other situation came along. And I feel like my ancestors are protecting me and watching over me in that. And it's not something that is being jumped into. It's just like next year we will connect. Do you know what I mean? And we will do all the work that has to be done. I feel really centered and calm around that, which is very on me sometimes. <laughs> and it's good because I am acknowledging that I am the one that closes down when I don't feel safe. And in this thing, I feel safe. Do you know what I mean? I've known yeah. this person for several years, well, two years, and I feel safe with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think my biggest question is more not around relationships, like romantic relationships, but around my family, like healing my family. You know, the end goal is to go back to my original place that I grew up in. And my family, when my grandmother passed away, who was a matriarch of the family, my family became really fractured. Mm. And I think that she requires me to do a lot of healing with them. And I don't know how to do it because part of me is angry at part of that family as well. Yeah. And where are they? Do you mind if I ask? They're in a small island in the Caribbean. Do you mind saying it out loud so I can look at it energetically? You say your family, but who is that? Is that like siblings? Is that just your mom? No, that's my entire maternal family. So mom and uncles and aunt and cousins. And then some cousins are in different parts of the the world. 
But yeah, that's my maternal family. So wait, you want to move back there? Yeah, the goal is, you know, my mother's aging. Yeah. And the goal would be to eventually end up there. I, you know, it's, I mean, who knows what happens in the world in like another five years? It may not exist. We may not be here. <laughs> right. You know? So, yeah. but yeah, the goal is to be close to them. I go home every year. I adore these people, but we come with some trauma or they yeah. come with some trauma. And I feel like I'm, I had it in one of my spiritual readings that I was the person that was going to connect everybody back to them. Mm. And I'm, and I'm still, I'm not comfortable with that because they're two of these people I don't, that really annoy the hell out of me. Before I look at that, I just want to ask like, how is it being queer there? I think I am lucky. I'm very open. I'm very out and it doesn't come back at me. Okay, great. So it's not that's not the, that's not the case for everybody. I, this I know, yeah. yeah. And you could move back there with a partner if yes. you had a partner. If I had a partner, yes, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm seeing, which is the first is mm-hmm. that I don't know that it makes a great deal of sense for you to move back without a partner. Without or with? Without. Okay. I mean, it looks like if we're being totally honest, that's what you want, not to just go there to work on and with your family, but to build a home, like to have a life Mm -hmm. and to go back there to be in your family in the way that you are talking about without your own support, your own person, Mm -hmm. your own family based on the life you've built. I don't, it just doesn't seem quite right to me. Yeah, I hear that. I've to finding the person who is meant for me. Yeah. And and that person and I will go wherever we want to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I look at this energetically, you've done a really good, and I should acknowledge you have a Sun-Saturn conjunction, but you've done a very good job of creating this like Ikea shelving unit of compartmentalized issues here. There's like getting a relationship. There's my career. There's my family. There's like all Mm -hmm. of these things. And you've organized them so well. And you've got so much clarity and maturity around each of them. But there is a lack of like, how do I integrate them? So I want to just say from where I'm sitting and what I'm seeing energetically, one of your possible paths that's just as possible as any other fucking path Mm -hmm. is that you find and cultivate a love that can and wants to move with you. That is not being idealistic. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a distraction. I think it's, honestly, I think it's your best case scenario. And in order to do that, there's a way that you have to be making different choices within yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to women. States across the U.S. have advanced a record number of bills attacking transgender rights and threatening the health and safety of trans people and their families. Whether you're trans and looking for support or an ally wanting to help, here are three organizations to know about. There's MTUG, or Metro Trans Umbrella Group, serving trans people directly in the St. Louis area. Transgender Education Network of Texas, which is an advocacy and resource group. And lastly, A Place for Marsha, which facilitates safe housing for trans individuals escaping transphobic states. Check out these resources, Signal Boost, and support them however you can. Okay, um, let me not be cryptic. 
I <laughs> look, there is something in the world going on for me. Mm-hmm. And we have made a decision to visit it next year. When well, you say something going on, also first you said let's not be cryptic. And then you said something <laughs> going on, which was super cryptic. I meant what I meant was let's be cryptic here. Okay, let's be more cryptic. Yeah. So what you're talking about is there is a human woman person. A human woman person. And the two of you have acknowledged feelings, but you've also made the call that, that you're not going to prioritize it at this moment, but that doesn't mean you're de-emphasizing it. Right. Exactly. Okay. And you don't want me to look at it. I mean, I, you could look at it. Okay. Um, <laughs> say their, say her name and we're going to beep it out. <laughs> oh, God. I'm being pushy. I feel like it's necessary. I'm sorry. You really are. I am. Can you believe <laughs> okay, it? I've okay, never okay. been pushy before. Okay. Her name is... I'm not sure. Am I not seeing this because you're ambiguous about wanting me to see? Do you not actually want me to look at this? I don't because I don't. Want okay. To... Okay. That's why I'm not seeing it. That's yeah. why I'm not seeing it. Okay. Good. That's great. But That's do great. you know why? Because I know what I feel. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes. And I have become a person that has been very guarded in my love life through my own work or lack of doing the work. Yeah. And I have put myself in this place where I've decided to be completely open with this person. And I've known this person for over two years. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or Mm -hmm. two years exactly. And I like that the chemistry is amazing. The conversations are amazing. I laugh with them like I've never laughed with anybody before. They're just all these things. And I want to live like that. I want to be present and also not romanticize that, oh, let's get together tomorrow and live happily after after. We have set this timeline for next year because we both know that we have stuff that needs to be prioritized. Okay, great. Okay, so first of all, I love that. When I was looking at it energetically, the reason why I was seeing it wrong and I was being so Mm -hmm. confused is because you did this really weird thing. And I think it's important for me to name this, okay? (laughs) Instead of asserting your boundary, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to look at this. You created this energetic, weird, webby thing that I couldn't quite see through, but I didn't perceive as a wall. Okay, yeah. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this is your intimacy issue. This is how this is what comes up for you in intimate relationships. When you're not being clear about your boundary, you put up a weird, it looks like it's not strong, but it is like, it's like spider web strong. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't get through it. You get caught in it. It's confusing to people. And so I want to acknowledge this because I'm seeing it so clearly psychically. It is very strong evidence for you working on being really forthcoming about your boundaries because you have the right to say to anyone at any time, ah, I can't do that right now, but let's return to it uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm not saying no forever. I'm saying in this moment, ah, no, it's a no for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. To just say it without any explanation, without any defense is perfectly okay. And I feel like I really need to say this to you because, you know, if we were like in a personal dynamic and you threw this up and I know you didn't just throw it up to me. This is like clearly mm-hmm. your thing. It's very right. strong. It's very effective in mm-hmm. that it confuses you and everyone else, but it doesn't get your needs met. It's like a quick reaction. But I that's think effective. it does get my, can I just say this? Yes, please, please, please. It does get my needs met because sometimes I lead with this like, oh, let's jump into bed and let's do this and da, da, da. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, how did that happen? Where with this, it's like mutual respect, deep conversations. 
them actually asking things about me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. I do. Acknowledging. So that's not what I'm referring to. Okay. Those okay. things are brilliant. Keep mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What I'm talking about more is that part of you that like, okay, so I asked you a question. You knew the answer is no. You knew the answer was like, don't look at that. I want that. But you uh-huh. didn't say it. You just created an energetic wall that okay. I couldn't penetrate. And that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Okay. So can I tell you something? Of course. In my spirituality, I have my hand of Ifa. I believe I'm a devotee of Voodoo. I've had readings where different priests have told me that. They're like, you create this wall. Yep. They're like, I can't see anything. There is yep. nothing. I don't know where to go. And it's very effective. Like, I'm not saying don't work with the wall. I'm saying work yep. with the wall. What you did was a, a knee-jerk reaction of mm-hmm. putting up this wall because it's a old, old habit. This is related to your family of origin. This is an old habit of like, there's no point in saying my boundary. It's not going to get respected anyway. So I'm just going to throw up this wall and this is what protects me. Oh, ouch. Yeah. 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 Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm on the floor. I'm on my back. I'm in the air. Oh my God. That's why you are a beast. Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you very much. much. So here's the thing. If you want things to be different with your family of origin when you go back or when you call them or whatever, you visit them or with any woman that you end up dating or partnering with, you need to work with this because this is such a strength and you never want to lose it. Mm. But it's it's let's say you're a carpenter. You walk around uh-huh. with hammers in your backpack because you know you're going to go and hammer nails. Of course, you keep a hammer in your backpack, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great tool. It works for lots of things. But what's happening is you're walking around with a hammer, swinging it in the air, hoping you don't hurt anyone and you just hit nails. Do you see what I'm saying? You have this remarkable tool that you're very skilled at using. What's happening right now is you're not using it with great att- intention and you're not being as selective as you need to be with using it. So here's the thing is, I, I like you're saying all of this and this has just literally happened. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel uh-huh. like, like, and that's why I think in the beginning, I was like, well, my life's on steroids. What's up with that? Like, and I think that this is the, for me, like the intersection between my spirituality mm-hmm. and what you're telling me. Do you know yep. what I mean? Like yep. my spirituality my ancestors are able to protect me only so much. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other stuff, right? And I think that what has happened is that I got presented with a situation where I was like, wow. And yeah, like not using the hammer correctly. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then ended up like just hitting my own hand and then being like, God, that hurt. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. And then, And then realizing that because I'm in this place of change and wanting to be open and wanting to be vulnerable and wanting to be, and and, and I'm doing a good job of it, that came really hard and I took it away really quickly. Mm, You know what I mean? I do. And when I said in therapy, literally like a, maybe like almost a week ago, I said to, I I want love and I want peace and I want laughter and I want, that to be with somebody I, I want that and I literally smack bang walked into this person like literally L- literally okay this does not surprise me and here's what I'm going to encourage you to do 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have your own spiritual practice. So adapt this advice to work within your own spiritual framework, of course. I want to encourage you to figure out a way, alone or with help, to identify this wall that I perceive as a wall that is basically of like incredibly strong and resilient spider webs. But also there's like, I'm seeing it's like, got it's got like an architecture. It's got like bones in it. So I don't know if I'm seeing branches or what. That's how it's presenting to me. And different people might see it in different ways. But to really explore identifying being present with what it feels like to be holding this boundary with your family, it comes up with other people, but it's the most obvious with your family. You know they're not going to listen or you don't trust that they're going to listen. This is the boundary. This is how it feels. This is like the energy that you put out. It doesn't matter what your words are saying or your actions are doing. This is the energy wall you put out to protect you. My advice to you is to practice noticing this wall so that you can yield it with greater intention, have it bend to protect you. And so I know what it is, Jessica. Do you so know how- what it is? Yeah. The next step is being able to be more intentional with using it. So as an example, we're just going to use the example of what happened with us. I said, let's do a thing. You said, okay, but you just threw it, you threw it up. You threw it up instead of saying, oh no, I don't want to do that, but thank you. I'm tempted, but no, because then you're saving your own energy and you're also using the tool when it's necessary. So what you did essentially is energetically used a hammer to protect yourself. You didn't need a hammer. You just needed to do a little flick. You just need to flick me a little. Like be like, no. And so the risk in this is you say to me, no, I don't want to do it. And I push you. I don't respect you. I don't respect the limit or the boundary. That's the risk. And that's why you aren't current, why you didn't do it in the moment. It's not like a conscious thing you're thinking out. It's a reflexive thing that comes from your family of origin. It is true. It is. And, you know, if the whole thing we're talking about is you going back to them, you need to be able to work on this before you get there, (laughs) because otherwise you may happen. I'm leaving tomorrow, but not to move there forever. No, 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 no. no. The timing of you going to visit is perfect because you're going just for a visit tomorrow. Right. Yeah. It's perfect for this conversation. Like it couldn't have worked out better because what this means is that you can really watch it in action. Like this is going to be perfectly fresh for you, this conversation. And you can watch in action how at times you verbalize a boundary and they don't respect it. And at other times you are like in the middle of protecting yourself energetically without even really thinking about it. It's just a self-care thing that happens. And the more awareness you can bring to that habit, two things will happen. One is you'll have more dexterity with it. So think of it as like, listen, I have muscles in my body. I don't want to brag, but I have muscles. But do I use those muscles? Have I trained those muscles? No, sir, I have not. But were I to, let's say, lift weights, I would have the ability to use those muscles more effectively right? Mm -hmm. So this is basically like that kind of a thing where I'm encouraging you to lift weights and with this particular skill, because you've got this highly developed skill. There's not a lot of dexterity in how you're using it. Um, And, and this is key. Mm -hmm. This is the key. So that brings me to the reason, the second reason why this is important, because what you cannot know, what none of us can know is if we stop playing as adults, if we stop playing our role the good, the bad, the ugly, doesn't matter. Our role in family trance patterns, we cannot know what the other person will do. We can't know. And the only way to find out is to not play your role. 
And it's so hard to do. It's just exceptionally difficult to do. But when you shared this thing about your, your, you know, really feeling from your grandmother, your grandmother's like, go home, help the family. Mm-hmm. How I heard that was be different. Don't play your own role, not facilitate. I don't think you're going to need to facilitate if you're not in your family trans pattern. Does this make sense what I'm saying? It makes sense. And I'm going to have to digest it because yes. when you say it to me, I think that when I go home, I sometimes my childhood trauma does come up, right? Yeah, yeah. And I step into this role of avoiding these certain family members who kind of irritate me, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were not kind to me as a child. Mm-hmm. And so I say, I say fixed with like my family who love and protect me, right? Mm-hmm. And in my adult world and in my I've been to therapy. There's a spiritual component. I'm able to forgive my family, the ones that don't bring me joy. But there's that child that still is like traumatized because one of them will say something that is similar to what I was told as a child. And I don't hold on to it, but I'm just like, you know what? I don't need to see you for the rest of the trip. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is what I learned the, the term family trans pattern from uh, energy healer that I work with, Nikki Sachi. And what it's in reference to is like, we all have our family trauma, some of us more than others, but um, we all have our family trauma. And we essentially, through that process of the family environment, through whatever years of your childhood, we all kind of fall into a trance of like, I'm the bad guy. You're the good guy. I'm too mean. You're too nice. Whatever story. And then if most people continue to live and don't do the work, which is the case. Usually one person does the work. Nobody does the work. Something like that happens. Mm -hmm. Right. Then you like go off and you live your adult life and you're super mature and you're super evolved and all these things happen. And then you go home and somebody looks at you sideways the way they did when you were 11 years old. And then the family trans pattern kicks in. And then you're playing your role again because you're that same person because that inner child doesn't go away. You know, we have to, Find a way to parent that inner child. This is like this trip that you're like, you know, on your way to go back home. It's like, yeah. again, the perfect timing is the one where you want to really pay attention to. When you start to slip into the family trans pattern, it's that part of you that's five, that's 11, whatever yeah. the yeah. trigger ages were, that is like frozen in time a little bit. And it is very hard to bring those parts of us into the present. But here I mentioned to you that there was another transit. And you're going through a Pluto square to Saturn. And Pluto square to Saturn is a once in a lifetime thing and is very fucking hard. And it's when our internal structure as a human being goes through a profound transformation and we heal our kind of like structural shit. And mm. so this is about family. It's not exclusive to family. It's about mm. your, your place in the world. It's about the meaning of family to you and what you're willing and not willing to do for it. It's also about the ways in which you compartmentalize, like this boundary thing that I've stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, I just want to say, I don't think this is like a cognitive process for you, but you did such a good job of throwing me off the track energetically. Like I couldn't see her. I couldn't see her. You throw out that energetic boundary so reflexively that it blocks your blessings. Oh, once again, (laughs) ouch. Ouch. You're falling. Oh, Don't fall out of your I'm chair. Falling. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Come back up. I know. I'm sorry. Good God. You're exactly right. Okay. 
Uh, you want to read it? You get read. <laughs> <laughs> the thing to know mm-hmm. is that the younger we are, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about your childhood stuff. Yeah. The younger we are, the more things are kind of black or white. They're good or they're bad. You know, this person's a good person for me to be connected to me. That person's a bad person for me to be connected to. The older you get, the more nuance. Everybody's in more nuance. And I'll say, like, when people send in questions to the podcast, people who are born in the 70s and older, man, each question is interconnected to 700 things. Because the older you get, the the more more complicated things are, the more aware you are of how everything is interconnected. Whereas when you're younger, it's like, what's going to happen with this person? It's, It's just much more of a straight shot of a question. And that's not bad or that's good. That's just fucking growing. That's just evolution. That's just time. What you're going through now is challenging you. It's challenging you to be in the nuance of things that were absolute truths for you your whole life. Yeah. And that's that's going to be messy. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Circling on back to this family vacation. How long are you going to be there? 10 days. Oh, perfect. That's just enough time to really get messy, but not enough time to fuck anything up. That's good. God. It's good. It's good. It's good. So you have the ability to like identify the wall, mm-hmm. pay attention to it. I would encourage you to set up times really intentionally where you're going to interact with those family members that make you feel shitty. Oh, God. Uh, okay. I mean, you don't have to listen to me or your grandmother. Like, you can just not do this. Uh, wow. Thanks. Really? <laughs> That was that was wrong. <laughs> it was meant to be funny, but then as I said it, I was like, "Oh, you're not gonna laugh. You're this wasn't funny. It was only funny for me. You don't have to, but no, seriously, it is funny because then I in my head I'm like, if I don't do this, I'm yeah. pushing away everything that's meant for me in my life. Yeah, and that's not it. That's actually not it. Here's the thing: maybe you'll do it this trip. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll do it this trip and you'll fail. And maybe you won't. But there's always the next time. Uh-huh. It's not over. It's not like you miss your chance. It's really just about gauging where you're at. Like, yeah. if I see a heavy box, I can say to myself, that's a heavy box. I'm not even going to bother trying to lift it. Or I could try to lift it. I could try to lift it by, like, bending from my knees. Or I can just, like, be a fool and just be like, it's a piece of paper. And right. then hurt myself. There's a bazillion ways to interact with that same heavy box. What mm-hmm. I'm encouraging you to do is know that this is one fucking heavy box, this dynamic with your family. So what do you do? You prepare yourself. If you're going to hang out with, you know, Uncle Ned, you're going to say, okay, I have to call in my ancestors. I have to do my own spiritual boundary work, but I also have to be open and present, not unboundaried, but present because the only way to protect yourself is in the present. Mm -hmm. The only way to receive the guidance and the assistance of your blessings is Mm -hmm. in the present. So you go there with the intention of not just interacting with them, but knowing yourself in the present moment as you do, Mm because that tells you what you need to work with on yourself. And it's not, I'm not saying, you know, if Uncle Ned treats you like shit, you have to be able to take it. No, it's about having healthy boundaries with the challenging parts of the people that you choose to interact with. And if someone's straight up abusive, then the choice is always there for you to say, no, I do not consent to this form of interaction. Right. But I don't see that that's really the call you're making. So this is where 
going Ooh. and really just gauging how heavy is this box? How capable am I of lifting this box? How far can I carry this box? Not yeah. how do I heal everything and honor the wishes of my grandmother? That's too, that's like 20 boxes. You know, you're not going to do that right now. You're just gauging how heavy is this box? How do I want to lift this box? How far can I carry this box? So that you learn about yourself. So this is like a way to just so you know, not just be working on your family shit, but working on your love life. Yeah. Yeah. This is a way to be working on you. If I stick with this metaphor, there is a way that you have powered through lifting these heavy boxes. You've, you've powered through really important stuff with your family. Right. What you haven't done is like pick it up, carry it a few steps, put it down, stretch, you know, call someone, scroll through TikTok, right. pick it up again, take a few more steps. Like you haven't figured that out yet for yourself, but you deserve it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be complete. It doesn't have to be a straight line in order for it to be right. I get it. Excellent. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay. So all of this said, we've spoken about love a little. We've spoken about family. And your transit in general. Did we hit your major questions? Is there anything else that you want to know? Is there anything else I want to know? I feel like we've hit all the major questions. I think, you know, this makes me feel at peace. And it makes me know that I am listening to what's going on in my heart. And that, yes, there can be clarity in that, mm -hmm. in listening to it. Yeah. I didn't do well in relationships because I just wanted to, I wanted to be loved you know, mm -hmm. because I didn't feel all of that as a child, even though it was there from some people, not everybody. And so that sh I showed up like that in my relationships, you know, mm -hmm. and I think, not think, I know that this, at this juncture and where I'm at with this person, it's a really important place for me to be at because it, it means that I have to navigate better. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I do. And want my own needs and request my own feelings, you know, but yep. also allow the space for them to do their thing. Yes. Because I think that's how the world is. You know what I mean? I think that there's no longer all of these just like, and I hate saying the word straight, but there are no longer these straight arrows, you know? Yeah. And there's these things that were put, are put in front of us to see how we react to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, not I think, I feel this genuinely in my heart that I have never been truthful about what I want from a person. I want to get married, do you know what I mean? Yes. I want, I want a family. And yeah. even, even if that's their family, I want their family in my life. I don't want to be separated. Yeah. I, I want to be around children, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want to be a grandparent with my persons. But it's just like, yeah, I want this woman who exists in the world and mm. it, it's just going to take time. Yeah. You have Sun Saturn conjunction in your birth chart. It means that family is incredibly important to you. But most people with Saturn at the top of the chart will kind of experience that the coming together of that closer to second Saturn return, which is in a few years for you still. The other thing is that the Sun Saturn conjunction generally means that you didn't feel loved in the way that you needed and wanted to be loved. It wasn't fluid and easily accessible, which mm -hmm. doesn't mean you weren't loved and cherished and prioritized. But it means that there was a feeling that you had to take care of yourself or you had to take care mm -hmm. of other people, other adults around you. Yeah. And 
you do have Mars in the fifth house, which, mm. yeah, you want a bunch of kids, whether or not they're your kids, whether or not they're animals or they're like other yeah. people's kids. It's like, but, but you want loud, annoying children around you. That's like a good thing for you. Yeah. And then to the kind of more serious piece, which is in your birth chart, you have a North Node Chiron Venus conjunction and Venus and Chiron are both in Aries. One of the things that you on a soul level are here to learn is how to be with passion without chasing it, how to be activated in love while also not grasping tightly. This is, you're freaking me out right now. You are freaking me out right now. This is blowing my mind. Literally, this is blowing my mind. You do look a little panicked. I'm not panicked. I'm not panicked at what you're saying. I'm panicked because that is exactly where I'm at. Yeah, this is it. This is it. This is where you're supposed to be at. This is it. Yeah. And the key is not rushing around to chase it. That's, you know, the Aries problem. But also not holding on to it so that it stays passionate, so that it stays one way. Because the truth is, love is sometimes boring. Intimacy is sometimes hard to reach. You know, everyone that you love, everyone that you trust will be a pain in your ass one day and you will be a pain in theirs. And that's part of it. That's part of the love. It is. You know what I'm saying? It is. And Aries sometimes is like, Nah, it's not supposed to feel this way. Also, you have a Leo rising. So love is supposed to be fun and exciting at all times. And this is where you can get really all in at beginnings. And then when it hits those middle points, it can become harder to find the motivation. It's like you go from this like burning, fiery, beautiful love to sun conjunction to Saturn. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I support you in that state. (laughs) So it isn't isn't bad or good. It's about working Mm -hmm. with your nature. That's all it is. Because what this can lead to Mm -hmm. is you being mature and accountable and also being willing and able to have times where things are kind of like and other times where things are like fiery and starting up again. Mm -hmm. That's the good part about things going on the snooze is that Mm -hmm. when the alarm comes back on, you really hear it, you know, and with love and with passion, this can be the case for you. But it does ultimately require that you're more honest at the beginning with people Mm -hmm. so that they really get to know the real you so that when those moments hit, those like snooze moments, those hard moments, Mm-hmm. That you have somebody who knows the real you and not the parts of you that you're more comfortable being known by. Yes. Everything you said lands in such a, a wonderful way for me because mm. it gives me the tools to practice what I'm practicing. It gives me the tools to change and twitch, 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 you know, twitch. Tweak, yeah. tweak. Tweak, tweak, tweak. <laughs> and tweak some things. Yeah. And um, it allows me to be gentle with myself. Good. That's the fucking move, man. Gentle with yourself. And it is hard in such a violent world to be gentle with yourself. And I'm really glad. And I'm so glad we got to do this reading. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Really am. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you, sis. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Every year they say the end.